The Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation preserves, protects, and enhances the future of the Rose Bowl Stadium as a national historic landmark. America's Stadium has hosted two Olympic Games, with a third one coming in 2028, two World Cup Finals, five Super Bowls, and the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl since 1923. It is the epic center of college football and is the most iconic stadium in the world. To learn more about how you can support the Rose Bowl Stadium as it turns 100 years young, visit www.inspire, which spells inspire2022.org. Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday Everyone out there is staying safe, staying at home. We want to bring you a little USC Trojan talk. Uh, USC football, of course, everything's on hiatus, everything's on hold, but we still want to bring you these shows to you know, bring a little entertainment to your day, keep the routine going with what we're doing. USC football routine has definitely changed. We're going to talk to the coach, Harvey Hyde, about that, changing the routine, how you can recruit, how you can prepare when things are upside down. So That happens sometimes where you don't get to do what you want to do, the coaches aren't going to be able to follow the same uh, routines that they were doing before. So you got to be able to maneuver on the fly. So we'll talk to the coach about that. Answer your questions uh, about this Trojan football team. Uh, we got a voicemail. We got some emails. So we'll get to all of those uh, here in a few minutes. But we're going to b- welcome in the coach right now. Hello, coach. How are you? Ryan, I'm doing good, buddy. I'm all hunkered down here. And uh, we've had a lot of rain here in Southern California. So you try to get your workouts in uh, when you go out and you walk. And uh, I'm looking outside now. It's drizzling. So I'll have to wait a while until I do that, do a little weights, follow all the rules and regulations, and uh, watch a lot of replays of old-time great games. I mean, they're really great to get caught up and see a lot of these uh, games and the types of football they played then compared to what they're playing now and the styles and the physical part of it and the speed of the games and so on. But uh, it's a time that we all have to follow the rules, as you said, and get it done. And uh, that's what we're doing. That's definitely what we're doing. And uh, we want to follow the rules here on the podcast. We're socially distant. We're not in the same room. Uh, We want to keep safe, as all of you. We want everyone out there to be safe. So we're doing that. But we can still record the show. So it's it's not a bad thing. We're just we never record in the same room anyway. So we're just always going to keep that social distance. But thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. If you have any questions for us. You know, could be interesting over the next few weeks, months, who knows how long it's going to be. Uh, what kind of topics do you want us to talk about? So send them in. It doesn't have to be a question. It could be like, hey, you know, I'm really curious about this. Maybe it's a specific football thing you want uh, Coach Hyde to go over. You can email us podcast at uscfootball.com. Or if you'd rather call or text us, you can do that to 424-254-9141 is the number. And then please subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts, like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, uh, any, Spotify, anywhere you can get a podcast, you can find the Peristyle Podcast. And if you can uh, subscribe, if you can rate us, that'd be great. Give us the five stars. Uh, 
get positive reviews. All those things are really helpful. Or tell a friend, like, hey, you're bored at home. Are you like USC football? Maybe you should check out the Peristyle podcast. This is it's going to be, if the season happens, our 13th uh, season covering the team. So that's uh, pretty crazy here on the podcast. We've been doing this a long time. Started in 2008. Uh, so we just keep rolling along. Uh, Coach, I don't know. Well, before we jump into some of the questions and, and different topics, we did a little unique thing over the weekend. And I don't know if you got to see it. If, if this wasn't a podcast, this was a, a video, a live video we did on Saturday afternoon. Uh, had Gerard Martinez, Keely Yor, Shotgun Spratling, Chris Trevino, and myself all on the screen. Uh, we put it up on YouTube and Periscope, and you can check it over that at uscfootball.com. We watched the hour version of USC Notre Dame from 1978. So Joe Montana was in that game. Uh, Paul McDonald was the quarterback for USC. Uh, Charles White, the Heisman winner, was the, the main running back. Marcus Allen was also on that team. Ronnie Lott was on that team. Brad Buddy, like tons of guys uh, were on that team. And a really exciting game. USC jumps out to a big lead. And Notre Dame comes storming back uh, after Joe Montana looked pretty crappy for the first three quarters. Then he looked good in the fourth. And then USC kicks a last-second field goal to uh, to win the game and go on to win the national championship. Uh, so it was a pretty cool one. I don't know, Coach, if you remember that game. Uh, I, I don't think I'd seen it all the way through. Uh, and I know my staff has, and most of the, the staff I mentioned hadn't even been born in 1978. Uh, I was eight years old at the time. But uh, it was really kind of an interesting thing to do, go back and watch something like that, which we haven't done before, and, ha- and kind of all have us all with some commentary and stuff during the game. But I don't know if you ca- caught that coach or if you remember uh, that game yourself. I didn't catch your uh, show on that. Uh, I do remember the game, but I can't be that specific about it. Uh, I've seen so many games and, and, and that, but I can't. I wish I could tell you more about it, but uh, those are great games and the, and the rivalry <clears throat> excuse me, between USC and Notre Dame. And uh, I can remember certain games. I'll, I'll never forget the Texas USC game in the Rose Bowl, the national championship game. There are certain games I'll never forget. Uh, the push-bush, uh, Reggie Bush-push uh, game or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'll remember that game. But I don't remember that one particularly. I remember the Anthony Davis one and yeah. and the touchdowns and kickoff runs, uh, returns and so on. But that one I don't remember, Ryan. Yeah, you can uh, check it out on YouTube if you want. We, you can watch our version of it where we have some commentary uh, going forward and um, you know, I, Keely brought up a point cause I was asking like, Hey, are there any sort of like uniform faux pas that you guys see? And Keely said that the, the, the fabrics were very, the fabric was a lot looser. It wasn't like these tight fitting kind of, uh, jerseys and stuff, but she brought up, she's like, I wonder what coach high would say, uh, looking at some of these things. So I don't, I don't know if you felt like the uniforms and everything were a lot different in 1978 than they are today. Well, they are as far as the fitting of the jerseys. The, the jerseys at that time were either a triple X, a double X, or an extra large, or whatever. They weren't just custom fit. Today, they custom fit them, fit you, they measure you, they sew them. Uh, the tighter, the better, so people can't grab you. It's a whole different uh, format than what it used to be. Uh, I used to like a little bit uh, when they were looser, a little bit because you had more flexibility as far as your arm motion and so on. But there was more jersey to grab onto and hold you or whatever. So they've uh, custom lined them now. I, I, the pants, if you notice the pants, uh, the hip pads, the knee pads, uh, thigh guards are much smaller. You don't even hardly see them. They're cut up much higher. 
as far as above the kneecap, which doesn't give you a lot of protection. You used to have a tailbone uh, pad. I don't even really see a tailbone pad any longer in the pants. Uh, we used to at times wear rib pads too when you had bad ribs and so on. Neck rolls, if you remember the neck rolls that used to be put on there when you used to be able to tackle with your head so your neck wouldn't go back. Those are the basic changes that I remember as far as the difference of today's uniforms with the past. Yeah, that's, you watch them and it was, it was funny to see. I mean, I've watched football games back then. I was a kid, but for like... Chris Trevino or Keely York, like they, they had never seen a game that that was that old. So um, I was a little surprised because you think about, okay, Charles White won the Heisman. Um, you know, a couple years later, Marcus Allen wins the Heisman. This was a student body left, student body right. But they were hucking the ball over the field. I mean, there was a lot of passes. Joe Montana was throwing a ton of balls and was really bad to start and then started to play. But even Paul McDonald, man, he was – they looked like they were stacking the run and he was throwing the ball down the field quite a bit. So maybe that was something I didn't quite realize. It wasn't all three yards in a cloud of dust. No, it wasn't. And it all came off the play action. You had to stop the run. If you stopped the run, you had a lot of people in the box and so on, which opened up the one-on-one combinations with uh, the great receivers. Now they had great receivers too at that time. It wasn't just the receivers uh, that w- that were now today playing, there were great receivers there, and Hal Betzel, uh, Phil Hoover, Cimarron, uh, uh, Lynn Swan. I mean, we can go through them. USC's always had great players everywhere on the field, except the philosophy of the offense was, here we come, try to stop us, and uh, and that was the way they did it. We have. I remember John McKay used to always say, "My X is bigger than your O." So if my X is bigger than your O and we execute right, we're going to win. And I remember on his TV show when they used to ask him every Sunday he had a TV show, and they'd say, well, how do you think you're going to do against Oregon this week, Coach? And he'd say, well, our players are better than theirs, so if we don't screw them up as coaches, we should win. And then that's what the philosophy was. There was a confidence. There was a, a feeling of uh, here we are, what are you going to do about it? And uh, it was a good feeling, and that's where that tradition started. And and uh, when people, you know, coaches started to get away from that philosophy, then that's where things have changed a lot in the uh, Trojan football program. Yeah, it was it was neat to see uh, 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 John Robinson there, a little slimmer version of uh, John Robinson with like this, you know, sweater like V neck kind of. It wasn't V neck; it was like a button down sweater that was you know had this huge V on it. Um, Bob Toledo was on his staff. Uh, Paul Hackett was on his staff. North Turner was on his staff. So a bunch of future head coaches. Um, so it was just kind of neat to kind of go back and watch it. I, the problem was we didn't get to see because it was the hour version They kind of cut off in between plays. So you didn't really get to hear some of the commentary. It would have been great to see the commercials, like all that kind of stuff. But I think we're next time we're going to try to do the uh, 2005 orange bowl, USC, Oklahoma, and that'll be a little bit longer version, so we'll see more of it. But uh, I don't know it's kind of fun to go back and and look at that. Where were you? Where were you coaching in 1978, Coach? 1978, I was at Pasadena City College. Uh, in Pasadena, it was a community college, and uh, we had outstanding teams then. And I was there. Then in '81, I went to UNLV as a head coach, and uh, then uh, left UNLV in '86. The spring of 
uh, six, and then went into radio, did a little television and radio, and then George Allen asked me to come back and coach with him when he got the head job at Long Beach State. So I went down there as his associate head coach, recruiting coordinator, running back coach, custodian, chauffeur, you name it. Got to know him pretty well and coached one year there, and then the coach passed on, and and then I decided to, uh, that was enough for me. All right. Uh, let's see. Next topic I wanted to talk about is uh, USC football recruiting. And this is not supposed to be a, an NCAA dead period right now, but it is because of the coronavirus quarantine and everything being on hold. But we're seeing a big uptick in USC football recruiting. We had a recruiting podcast last week, a lot of details in that one with Gerard Martinez. And it's pretty clear, Coach, that this is a staff that is relentless, that they're calling and texting and messaging whatever they're needed to do to these prospects. And it's a different kind of recruiting effort than we've seen uh, in a long time around USC. There's USC usually would have some awesome recruiters, but we haven't seen a staff click like this for, I mean, my, maybe since Pete Carroll, um, to, they, they really are getting out there, getting new, uh, you know, a lot of offers are coming out, uh, commitments and everything. And it's, I, I think this is a good job from the staff adjusting to, it's like a sudden change play. You know, when you get throw an interception and like the defense has to go out there. The sudden change was, oh, you can't do all those visits that you were going to do in the spring. You can't, all those things are gone. Now you have to figure out to recruit in another way. And it looks like this staff is doing it just by putting in the effort, which I guess you could say was maybe lacking from the, from the last staff collectively. Yeah, I think the last staff was uh, more of a kickback staff. Nothing against them, but they sort of lived off the laurels of USC, and everybody came after USC, especially when they went through that sanction period. And uh, you got to keep up. You got to keep the beat going. You know, recruiting's the name of the game, and uh, you've got to be out there among everybody, all over, everywhere, more than anybody else. They brought social media now into it more that they really weren't a big part of. They were sort of uh, behind times, and that's why people just caught up with them during this whole period of time. They survived because of USC. They still had winning records, except for a year or two. Because they were USC, but now USC can get back to being who USC is by adapting and coming back and competing against the other great schools that are out there, the Alabamas and, you know, Clemsons and Ohio States and so on. And one thing they're doing is they're going everywhere to reintroduce themselves. I think that's probably what they're doing, trying to reintroduce themselves to the nation as far as they're on, a, they're on there, out, out there with a lot of kids, on a lot of kids with Alabama, Ohio State. They're in the same conversation, okay? Before they weren't in the same conversation. They're not going to get all these people, <clears throat> but they're out there causing havoc with these other universities that just had their way with USC as far as coming in to Southern California and just taking who they wanted and USC didn't have a chance from St. John Bosco, Corona Centennial, uh, all these great schools uh, in Southern California, in the state of California. They were going other places, and they really didn't know how to fight uh, against that and how to put up that fence around Southern California. And it got worse and worse and worse as things got worse and worse with the 
uh, media and the publicity and the winning and the losing and the changing of coaches and the hirings and firings conversations. So they got some coaches in here that, first of all, are some big-time assistant coaches. They didn't bring in big-time assistant coaches before. They brought in some coaches that they were just overwhelmed at where they were and didn't know how to really adapt to that type of situation. And uh, now they've got some coaches in there that have played against Oklahoma and other great programs and played in the Orange Bowl and won national championships and done these things. They got rings on their fingers, and they're bringing back a lot of pride to USC, and the people like it. So, uh, you know, they're out there trying to ring doorbells, and they're doing it well, and uh, I hope they're successful with it. The only problem is they're offering so many player scholarships, 2021 receivers receiving offers that they're limited about (laughs) how many they can take. So if someone is to commit, what do they do about that? If it's not really one of their top choices. So, you know, they got to have a plan for that too, Ryan. Yeah, they have to have a plan for all of that. Um, And it's just, it's refreshing to see coach that they're actually trying. They're, it's, when people say USC recruits itself, you can't just sit on your laurels and, and hope they want to come to USC because it's USC. You really have to put yourself out there, especially when you've been struggling on the field. And what that's the most frustrating thing, I think, Coach, for a lot of USC fans is it wasn't you tried and you failed. It was a lack of effort. It just you weren't getting like what would the USC recruiting be right now with the same staff from last year? They wouldn't be on the phone with all these kids all the time, messaging them, putting themselves out there, all these offers. It just would be sort of like, well, we can't, we were going to have kids come in for a visit and we can't do that. So I guess we'll just wait till we can. Like, that's the kind of attitude I think they would have had where this staff is like, nope, we're going to, you know, just pound the pavement. Like you said, we're making the calls. We're making the text messages. We're DMing wherever on social media. Uh, they also have the help, you know, improve support staff, and they're putting more videos and things out there. We're seeing more coordinated efforts from the staff when they'll put out messages. If Clay Helton puts out a message, it's like every assistant on the staff puts out a message, a similar message, you know, a video or whatever it is. Um, I'm just seeing much more of a coordinated effort from these guys. And I think that's, like I said, that's what's frustrating is when you could have been doing this before, it just seemed like there was a lack of effort. It was a lack of effort, and uh, I don't know if, if Coach had the right people on his staff. As far as you can be great coaches, but you got to be great motivators. you got to be great recruiters. you got to do it all. You can't have specialists. I mean, and he had some specialists that didn't think they had to recruit and didn't want to go off campus, and they're telling him, I don't recruit. I mean, what are you telling me, that you don't recruit? You better recruit. We've had this conversation before on a lot of our shows. You do it all or you don't do any. And uh, they they really did tolerate a lot of things there that they should have never tolerated. I mean, it just, you know, I don't want to go back and name names again, but we all know that from the enthusiasm to not playing kids in the right position, uh, not getting kids on the field. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of things, organization, the delay of games, all these different things that happened during a game that, Never should have happened. Penalties. We can go on and on and on and on and on. It's all part of discipline among all phases of the game. And on the offensive side of the football now, I'm waiting to see exactly what their performances are and how they do over there. 
because they're de- they're they're in need of a quarterback. They've got to get a quarterback. They've got to get some offensive linemen that are four and five star offensive linemen. Not that the linemen coming in I'm going to be critical about, but they're not in the same category of the type of linemen they used to get. They've got to get those type of linemen back, running backs. It can't just be receiver you, as I'm starting to hear. That's a new term. They want to be identified as receiver you. If you start using that too much, you won't get anybody else. So why don't you just become a regular offense, defense, and special teams and win football games? All recruit, all get it done, all get great players at every position. And I think this is what their goal has got to be. And as soon as Coach recognizes that, I think the USC football program is going to be better. Yeah. I agree with you there, Coach. Uh, we actually had a question on recruiting. Uh, just, you know, these are great. Uh, like the the basic questions, if you're not a big, you know, recruit, Nick, you don't follow it all the time. You may not know what some of these terms are. Uh, it's from uh, Pakaluk. Uh, he says, can you give a description of what the stars mean? I don't know the difference between a one star and a five star. And I'll give a little thought first. It's pretty much like if you, you know, if you're going to give a, a, a restaurant a five star rating versus a one star rating. Uh, if you're ranking on Amazon, you, you, you buy, you know, I don't know, a, a football and you like it and you rate it five stars versus three stars. It's basically just that. Um, 24-7 Sports has their own rankings. Uh, there's other companies like ESPN and Rivals that have their own rankings. 24-7 Sports will also do a composite. They'll kind of average out all three of those rankings and show you like, here's what, you know, the different rankers, the different companies out there. Here's the average uh, rank. So sometimes there'll be a player uh, where, you know, a, a Jake Garcia might be a five star in one system, but he's a four star at 24 seven. But then you have a composite there to kind of average those out. And at least the way 24 seven sports does their rankings and they, you know, they update them all the time. It's going to be different now because you can't see this is a, a time where you got to see a lot of prospects out there and seven on seven and things like that going to their spring football practices. All that's off the table. So you can't do really any evaluations right now. So it's going to change the rankings a little bit, but in general, by the end of the season, by the end of the the recruiting cycle, 24 seven sports will have 32 five stars. Basically they're saying because there's 32 teams, 32 picks in the first round, the NFL draft, that's what they're trying to mimic. And then there's a couple hundred four stars, which are, you know, the D one starters, they should be all D one starters for sure. And then the three stars, it gets, you know, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of three stars and some two stars and stuff. So there's a lot more of the lower rank prospects than higher rank prospects. And sometimes they move up, sometimes they move down. Um, sometimes they don't get a high enough ranking because maybe you just didn't get to see them that much. They're from some small school and they might be a three star, but if they had lived in like Los Angeles and played at modern day or whatever, they might have been a four star because they would have more exposure. So, it's, uh, I mean, it's inexact science, uh, but there's a, a large team at 24-7 Sports that evaluates all these players and they have meetings on them, decide, okay, we're going to, it's basically you like, you, you, if there's a guy in your region that you really like and he's a three-star and you're trying to push him up to a higher ranking to a four-star, you have to make your case to the rest of the uh, recruiting analysts. So maybe long story there, but that's basically how that all that stuff works. Um, I don't know, Coach, if you had any other thoughts on that. Well, you know, it used to be in my days that they had those uh, stars, uh, but there used to be, I used to consider five stars, a guy that jumped off the screen at me. Wow, who's that guy? My gosh, did not evaluate immediately the competition to see what type of competition they are, what level they're playing at, and 
and uh, and I'd be able to compare him against. I didn't want to see him against teams that weren't any good. I wanted to see him play against the best team they played the entire year. Several films on that. Because that's the way I could evaluate somebody. Somebody that I'm watching, maybe somebody else, and all of a sudden I see this other guy. Who is that guy? That's where I found Dickie Woods. That's where I found uh, Terrell Davis. I mean, by who is that guy? I mean, Coach, you're not even telling me about this guy. Oh, Coach, he's not going to have the grades. Well, we're going to make sure that this kid understands he can get the grades. But this kid really never played a position like Terrell in high school. He played every position. So he never had an award. He was never all league, never all anything. Uh, well, we made sure that they, he got his grades and we taught him a position to play. And, uh, you know, it goes on and becomes, you know, he's in the NFL Hall of Fame from a guy that didn't have any stars. Nobody even knew who he was. So, you know, I used to look and like to recruit that way uh, as far as uh, evaluating talent against who they're playing against. Do they jump out at me? And then I'd like to meet them and get their attitude and see if they really liked the game of football or that they were just playing the game of football because they were big or fast and someone had them played or their parents wanted them to play and how hungry they were. What do they want to do? Did they want to play beyond college? All these type of things I used to evaluate people with. So, yeah, we looked at the ratings, but uh, really uh, – I wanted to evaluate every single player myself. Yeah, and uh, I think that's what you have to do. Sometimes coaching staffs can get tied up in the stars because we'll actually put rankings of the coaches. So say an assistant coach had signed a couple of five stars, like Dante Williams, USC's new cornerbacks uh, coach, was actually named the Pac-12 Recruiter of the Year uh, by 24-7 Sports. So he was the top – he recruited the most – you know, highest ranked players. And so sometimes you might do that because you're like, Hey, I want to, I want to win this award. So if I like these two guys about the same, I'm going to take the guy that 24 seven sports has ranked higher. I mean, I, you, you hope it doesn't come to things like that, but it could. Um, but you know, the, some of the coaches care about that stuff, but at the end of the day, you have to coach those players. If you get a, a pat on the back in December or February for having a great signing class, that's fine. But then, Come spring, when you're playing with that guy, if you don't, he's not as good as you thought, but he was ranked higher, then that's on you. So I think the evaluation part is so important. Um, you can use the the star system and all that stuff as a guide, um, but you don't. I mean, if if you like a a three star better than a guy that they have ranked as a five star, you should recruit the three star. I, I mean, it's just you have to you have to coach those guys. You have to develop them. So you need as a coach to be able to take the guys you want and not worry if these recruiting services don't have them ranked as high as someone else. You're exactly right, Brian. You're exactly right. Uh, I had five stars, one coming out of Long Beach, Bali, Kirk Jones at UNLV. We beat UCLA and Texas on him. First thing the NCAA thought, and everybody thought that we cheated on him, so the NCAA came in and, of course, checked out the entire recruiting uh, process and completely cleared us because they couldn't believe that we – could beat them. And then when you look back at zero stars that uh, did great for me, uh, uh, so you take Hickey Woods, you take Terrell Davis, uh, Randall Cunningham. Uh, everybody wanted to play him as a safety. He came to UNLV because we were going to play him at quarterback. So, you know, you look at a lot of different things on 
when you evaluate a player, does he play hurt? Now, don't think I'm advocating that I want to play players that are hurt, but does he find a way to get out of practice? Does he want to play and you have to keep him out of the game? All of these type of things, to me, help determine what type of player you're getting. When I used to say, uh, no, you can't play this week. I'm going to play this week, Coach. Don't worry, I'll be ready to play. I want to hear that. I don't want to hear somebody say, well, you're probably right. I mean, I want to hear enthusiasm and vigor. I want him setting an example for the rest of the team and be a leader. I want a bunch of leaders and people to speak out. And once in a while, you know, if somebody wasn't taking care of business the proper way, it was taken care of in the locker room. Not always by the coach having the discipline. Not that they're advocating against fights. But your leaders had to come step forward and let somebody know when they were out of place and embarrassing the team and not playing up to their ability. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on. So the big topic, uh, obviously, is will there be a college football season? Obviously, we need to leave it up to the experts to figure out what's going on. Uh, but Frank and Sacramento wrote in, Coach, and we'll, I'll give you his thoughts and then maybe get yours on if you feel optimistic about there'll be a football season. He says... Uh, the clock is ticking, but I think the country will open up and we will have football uh, uh, if by August if we have plenty of protective equipment out there, uh, quick testing available for everyone, a Tamiflu-type drug to reduce symptoms among the not-so-sick, and then successful therapies to save the lives of the seriously ill. So, And that's Frank in Sacramento. He feels somewhat optimistic. What about you, Coach? I think there'll be a football season. Might be abbreviated, might be shorter, might start later, whatever. But America loves football. America's morale needs football. America's morale needs the NFL and college football, the bands, the cheerleaders, the enthusiasm, the gathering point, uh, the uh, morale of America. And uh, I think it's something that's got to be there, and I think that it will be here. Now, when the season might start in October. And it might end uh, the New Year's games might be on February 1st. Maybe the Super Bowl will be on March 1st or whatever. But I think that America will have football. They've got to have football. The universities have got to have football. We have to have football. Ryan, you need football. All of us need a fix of football, okay? Competition, morale, cheering, looking forward to something. Uh, and uh, I would be very disappointed myself personally if they didn't find out a way to have it. The athletic budgets at these universities uh, are all part of football and the revenue and the television. Now, there might be limited seating. They might say if a stadium holds 60, they might only let in 30 or 25 and make you sit every other row or do things like that, which I think people will adjust to and do. There might be have to be, you know, different types of no tailgating or things like that as far as part of a football game. And I, and I think in the press box, there might not be as many credentials or people sitting next to each other, but there's a way to figure out things and how to do it. And I think America needs football. I think there'll be football. And if they want football, they'll have football. Television needs football. Everybody needs football. Advertisers need football. We need to get this country going again. So when will they have it? When they want to have it and when they can have it. It might be a change of seasons. But I'm for having football. 
not to where it jeopardizes lives, but we find a way that we can get it done. Yeah, um, I agree with you there, Coach. Would love to see it if it's safe for people to return. It's it's funny, you, even on social media, you'll talk to people who are like, oh, they're definitely having a season. And then you talk to other people who are like, oh, it's definitely not going to happen. Uh, you still know at this point. But I, I think the next couple of weeks will be helpful. We'll see where you know, we are on the curve and if it's really going to you know start to get things back. I know uh, the government would really love to get things back rolling because the, the economy has been hit really hard. And I think for college football, you get to watch some of the other sports. You know, baseball is supposed to be going on right now. Uh, the NBA could do some sort of playoffs. The NFL, uh, they're going to still hold their draft, uh, but not in person. They'll do it virtually. So I think you can watch what some of these other sports will do. I know Dana White's really trying to get the UFC going, and he's you know hell-bent on having a, an island and, and people fighting in the, on, on the island. So I think we'll see some of that stuff happen first, and it'll give college football an opportunity. Um, I mean, time, there's a lot of time, but it's it's ticking, like uh, like Frank said. So uh, I'm I'm optimistic, like like yourself, Coach. I, I just I just hope this was uh, I hope this ends up being a good thing, and we end up getting college football. We're going to get a hold on this virus, right? We're going to get a hold on this. We're going to beat this thing. This thing hadn't taken on America before, okay? It might take on somebody. It's not going to take us on and beat our butts. We're going to kick it. You know what? We just have to all play on the same team and get it done, and uh, the uh, cases will drop down, and people will continue to be safe. And uh, by the time we got a lot of months yet before football season, okay, maybe they won't have camp till September. So what? Let's make sure everybody's safe and we don't get a second wave and we protect against that and uh, make it happen. Make the experiences happen. Make it be a part of it. Uh, people just have to be safe and practice the, what they have to do. What makes me the maddest is when I see people when I'm around doing what I'm supposed to do and they're not. I really want to say something to them. And I really did the other day to somebody. As far as practice, man, he started to come over to talk to me. I said, just hold on a minute. Stay over there. I mean, let's let's think about what we're all doing, okay? And all these things will come back we're talking about. Hey, that, that virus can't kick our butt, Ryan. Do you know that? We're going to end up kicking his butt so bad the guy's going to run and hide somewhere, okay? <laughs> he is. He's going to run and hide, and we got to all have that attitude, man. I mean, come on, man. Let's, let's get, get together, everybody, and... And we'll score a touchdown on every play. Yeah. Uh, we got a voicemail for you, Coach. Our buddy Curtis. Uh, let, let me play for you. Get your thoughts. Curtis from Moreno Valley. Uh, defensive question. Todd Orlando runs many different uh, formations and schemes on defense. So in this shortened uh, situation that we have because of the the coronavirus can't he he's going to look at film from last year's defense he'll see the different sets that they ran uh the personnel groups and all of that on film he can run the same kind of defense as hopefully the same set since he has all these multiple sets to keep it familiar for our kids they're not going to have a lot of time to get ready he's not going to change the defense he's just Call different plays than Clancy. Same defensive set that put out the running back for 
uh, Utah early in the game, put out the running back for Cal early in the game. They had a potential to be great on defense, even with the sets that we ran last year. Curtis from Moreno Valley. Hey, Curtis, man, I, someday I hope I meet you. I really do. At practice, if you see me around or anything, come up and say hello. That's, of course, when we get this virus taken care of when we're back at practice. But you always got a question. You're always into football. You love the game of football. And let me sort of explain Todd Orlando and his staff to you. Uh, I watched the, uh, what game was it, Texas uh, LSU game this weekend from a year ago. And I watched uh, the defensive side of the football especially because I wanted to get familiar with what Todd does on defense. And he doesn't do anything different than anybody else. I mean, there's only so many things you can do. He's got different alignments. He blitzes a lot. He plays man. He does, you know, he does the same same alignments. There's nothing new in the game of football, okay? It's the attitude. And the terminology is really simple. The terminology is simple. So the coverages are simple. You just have to learn them. Cover one is a cover one or whatever it is. Almost always the same thing. You know, the difference in linebackers or strong linebacker, stud linebacker, or weak linebacker, with all these different terms, middle linebacker, whatever the terms are, whatever you call in your, your, your terms. But the defensive alignments are all the same. Everybody uses them. A little different variation of everything. The thing that's different is the speed you play the game and the enthusiasm you play the game. And if you play the game hard and you have the right players on the field in the right spots, uh, nothing against Clancy, but in a lot of situations, his defense wasn't sound. Wasn't sound. You've got to be sound. If you're going to blitz, you've got to have everything picked up. You've got to be able to have a reason. You, if something happens, you've got something covering for him. Okay. So you can't take chances. You can take chances, but you've got to be able to have the safety valve somewhere. So you've got to evaluate your personnel. And if you're going to go after somebody, which Orlando does a lot, you've got to have linemen in the game that can get up the field or flatten out and get to the football that can run and be great players. If you can't get to the quarterback, you can't play man. If you can't uh, flatten out and get to the, uh, the the lineman on the defensive front, flatten out and run to the football and watch the container, watch the backside, you can't play football. The enthusiasm is what plays and makes the difference on the defensive side of the football game and soundness, where there's no mistakes. And the way you eliminate mistakes is you build up confidence on that defensive side of the football that Everybody knows we're good. We're badasses, okay? And if you want to try to test this, we, we're looking forward to this game. I can't wait to play this team because they're so good. And this is the attitude and mentality that you have. So it's not that Todd doesn't have great alignments. He has it, but everybody else has the same alignments. It's how you play the game and how you prepare the kids to play the game. And the enthusiasm and the pride on your defensive unit and like the, on the sidelines, your leadership and on the field, your leadership on who your guys are that are out there on the field in combat with you in the foxhole. Yeah. So that's the way I feel about the defense. It's not sure they miss spring practice, really. 
but everybody missed spring practice. You're going to have to come back and adjust and get to it. Don't find out ways why we aren't going to be good. Let's find out ways where we, where, why we are going to be good. And this is the attitude. You always change a negative to a positive. We didn't get anybody hurt in spring practice. We got bigger. We got stronger. Make it positive, and it'll all work out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got one last one for you, Coach. And uh, this is from Jeff Wu, class of 1994. He's a little critical of Clay Helton. He says, get off your ass, <laughs> Clay Helton. He says, I, like most people, wanted Clay Helton gone this year and last year and the year before. Helton promised to focus on managing the program and brought in some great coaches. The new coaches have done some great stuff thus far, and I have uh, bought into the change that was and, and was excited. So that's good. So Jeff's uh, coming around. He said, it didn't take long for me to feel the lack of management from Helton, though. Uh, this COVID-19 deal is an opportunity for Clay Helton to go out there and really gain an advantage for our program. But here we are sitting around doing nothing. USC is amazing at sitting around doing nothing. Alabama got their players Apple Watches for, quote, a training advantage. It's actually a recruiting advantage, but they did something. Go out and copy Alabama, for God's sake, and get our players Apple Watches. Do something, Helton. Uh, what are we sitting around waiting for? The NCAA is not going to punish us for protecting our players. Work the system and gain a competitive advantage for our program. Jeff Wu, and uh, just real quick on that. So I don't think there's been a decision in the you know Nick Saban Apple Watch thing. They're not allowed. The NCAA does not allow you to monitor the workouts that closely. But you could do that with the Apple Watches. They're saying it's more for like sleep patterns and things like that. So you make sure that the athletes are getting enough sleep. Um, so a lot of, I, I know Dabble Sweeney was critical of it. I think Tom Herman was critical of it. I, I don't think we've had some kind of ruling from the NCAA yet, uh, on that, but it might be something where all programs do it, but it certainly was an example of, of Nick Saban sort of pushing the envelope a little bit and exploring things that you could do that might, might be legal by the NCAA standards might not. Uh, but he's kind of pushing things. I know USC sent out equipment like workout equipment like bands and medicine balls and things like that they've sent out uh boxed meals like fully contained meals that the players can use things that they could have got when they were at the the galen center and things like that so usc is doing stuff but they haven't they, i haven't seen them do something that's that like out there where it could be wrong you know like what nick saber was doing is wrong but i don't know get your thoughts on all that coach well i think that you always bend the rules as far as you can bend them you go 60, uh, the speed limit 65, right? Well, how many people go 65? The guy going 65 in front of you, you're mad at him. So you always try to get an advantage or push it to, 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 to have an advantage to get better. I think this is what certain programs do. They try to push it where it's not illegal, but it's on the borderline where there has to be a ruling on if you can do it or not do it. But right now it's not illegal. So I think this is things you have to do uh, to uh, stay with the Alabama programs and with the LSU programs and with the Ohio State programs. you got to do what they do. If you're not doing what they do, then you're a step behind them, and you can't be hesitant. You can't be scared, or you can't worry about what are they going to say. If it's not against the rules, then you do it until they tell you you can't do it, okay? And I, I'm not advocating that USC breaks any rules. I'm just saying, you know, you've got to push the envelope in every area you do, recruiting, everything you do, off-season program, academics, everything you do has got to be 
stronger and better than anybody else's or as good as. You want people following your direction. You want people to be like you. You don't want to be the follower. You want to be the leader. You want to be the trendsetter in everything you do. And I think this is what he's talking about. Uh, and uh, I think you got to have a little bit of pride, too, in your players. You know, players are, you know, they've got to set the limit, too, of what you expect out of them. If they're not in campus or on campus or in the training room or a coach looking over their head every minute, then maybe you got the wrong player. I'll tell you, when you're on the field, you send those 11 guys on the field, you're not looking at them. They're playing. They're following what you taught them. So, you know, they've got to be able to do these workouts, and if they're sending them the equipment and they do what they need to do, these guys have got to stay in shape. They got to go out and run. They got to go out and do the things they can on their own in a park or wherever they do it. They can take jogs through neighborhoods, do whatever they need to do within the rules and regulations, of course, of the city and what you can do. But the players got the responsibility too of getting ready for camp and assuming there's going to be a season, not assuming maybe, maybe not, maybe I'll do this, maybe I won't. It can't be that type of attitude. So I think a lot of that is set by the standards of the head football coach. And, you know, you know, you can be a nice guy, but you've got to have your players respect you and fear you too. So uh, I think that's basically what I'm saying. All right. Coach Harvey Hyde. We, uh, yeah, it's good. Get some different topics. Like I said, please send in uh, any ideas for topics that you want. We'll try to cover them and talk about them uh, on the show. We enjoy doing it. We, you know, this is fun. And if it's, uh, helps you get along with your day a little bit better than, uh, all the better for that. We just want to make, uh, this easier on everyone. I know it's tough for a lot of people. People are losing their jobs. People are having a hard time paying the rent. People are stuck at home and bored. Um, so if we can bring a little joy to your day, uh, that's what we're trying to do here. But coach, thanks again uh, for coming on. Great stuff. Thanks, buddy, and all of you out there, be safe, and thank you for joining us. Uh, we enjoy doing this podcast for you and with you, and uh, I'm going to go out and take my workout in now, get it in. It's not raining right now. I'm going to practice what I preach, okay? I always used to tell my kids that. I'm going to practice what I preach. I used to go out on Sunday with the sunny workouts with the kids. Nobody else would come out there except for me and the entire team and trainers, and I used to do that because the head coach really never does have to the opportunity of being close to all of his players at one time. All the coaches are always with him. I'd have the coaches in the office, breaking down films, doing whatever they want to do, and I'd run with the team. I used to go out there, and we'd run every Sunday morning. Uh, I'd say, we got to get the poison out of your system. And I assumed that they went out and had a good time because <laughs> we beat somebody. So I'd say, it was time for all of us to get the poison out of our system. We'd have a lot of time, fun out there, and... Some guys couldn't really go too hard, but we all laughed at each other and we ran all the soreness out of us and it gave us a chance to be a family on Sunday morning. And that way I would be able to check to see if anybody was hurt and they made sure that they got in for treatment. So, you know, it's all part of it, guys. We're a family, all of us out there. So uh, good luck to you. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. That's the Coach Harvey Hyde. I'm Ryan Abraham. Make sure you check out uscfootball.com. Throughout this quarantine for tons of content about this Trojan football team. We've just been putting a lot of stuff up there. So if you're bored, keep you busy reading and watching and listening to all of our content. So thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. 
You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 